Hi guys, welcome back to We Dive Deeper. Today my guest is the wonderful Lewis Watson. I love Lewis. There, I've said it, I've openly said it. I met Lewis years and years ago now. Um, We both started on the YouTube thing, I want to say in 2007, 2008. So I knew about him on YouTube, but then our paths started to cross when we started touring and he was lovely enough to let Meadowlark open on one of his tours. I want to tell you the year, but honestly, my memories are truly terrible and I would get it wrong. Anyway, we have been friends ever since and luckily for me, he took a gamble on me and my little podcast and he came all the way down to Bristol to chat to me and I'm so grateful. It was such an awesome conversation. He really, really opened up, which I massively appreciate. And I guess it's different, you know, you don't know what to expect with these kind of conversations because the questions are so random um, and it could go in any direction. I really hope you guys are loving the episodes because I'm loving doing them so much you can support the podcast and me on patreon.com slash kate mcgill it would be hugely appreciated it helps me live and put food in my mouth and i like food i don't know if you can tell i am chubby okay (laughs) that's enough of that i am gonna let you listen to this conversation now thank you lewis and thank you to everyone listening i hope you enjoy Hello, Lewis Watson. Hello, Kate McGill. Welcome to We Dive Deeper. Thank you for having me. You've got your gin and tonic. I do. You've been stuck in traffic for four hours. Four hours, yeah. And on a good Friday, so what were we thinking? We're silly, but it'll be worth it. It will be worth it. I don't think it will, but it will. (laughs) (laughs) What number would you like to go with? Uh, What what am I between? What are the options? One in 70. Pick a good one. A good one. An exciting number. Mm -hmm. What about number four? Okay, we've not had a four yet. What has been your... Oh, we have, Orla. But it's fine. What has been your biggest challenge in your life so far and how did you overcome it? In my life? Full Mm -hmm. stop. Full stop. We're thinking childhood, teenage years. How did I overcome it? I think going to... So I grew up in a place called Bicester. It's a fairly small town. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Um... And when it came to, like, further education, after the compulsory stuff, uh, everybody just kind of stuck around and did sixth form, which I did for a year. And uh, and I think I did it because I was just scared to move away and not know anybody. Uh, anyway, it wasn't for me. I hated it. And uh, I kind of told all my teachers that I was going to start pursuing music as a thing. And all of them were like why you know it's silly they hadn't like heard me sing or anything right they weren't being mean but it was just a boy that wasn't doing his coursework saying hey i'm gonna quit you know so rightfully so they were probably trying to encourage me to stay but um i moved away to my dad's house for other reasons and um in kidlington which is like 20 minutes from bista okay and I started going to college in Whitney, which is further away from Bicester. And I think it was just that like year period of just never seeing any of my friends. And like, it was like a two hour bus ride to, to college um, because of the route. It was a silly route. Uh, I had to go like away from Whitney to Oxford to go back. So you really had to make the effort. Yeah. And so like for four hours a day, I was on a bus, you know, and I just couldn't really have time to, to see my friends. I think that year, year and a half um, before I uh, got signed, I think that was like so difficult because I'd come from this such a close-knit group and that was when I was turning 18 as well. So everybody was going out and I just wasn't, you know, I was just stuck at home. Not stuck at home. I liked being at home, but I couldn't, you know, really make the time to go because I was working as well to try and pay for everything. So... It was, yeah, that like year and a half was super tricky. Fortunately, my friends are bloody amazing and they stuck around and, you know, would invite me to things even if they knew I couldn't come and they're still, we're still very close now. And, and That's uh, amazing. Yeah, but I think it would have been so easy for for people to be like, oh, you know, can I swear? Yeah, you can fucking swear. Fuck, you know, <laughs> um, just to be like, fuck that guy, he just moved away without telling us and hasn't made the effort to come back you know and and I think it would have been very easy for a lot of people and I think some people 
did have that mindset but i think it would have been very easy for people just to leave but they didn't because they're wonderful and um, and they're still around they're still around that's yeah. so cool yeah yeah i see them whenever i can and a few of them live in london now so we we meet up and play football every now and then amazing and you said it only took you like a year or so to get signed after like committing uh, to it well so i was doing it you know i wasn't really just back in the youtube days right yeah exactly so i was like uploading when i was at sixth form okay right not not very active but i was and then yeah when i started because i i studied music um basically uh it was like music technology as opposed to music right because what's what's the difference so the technology is less on performance and it's actually like zero i mean people would play music and you would record them but there wasn't any like theory apart from the very core um, there wasn't any theory it was like producing and and you know running a live sound that's gotta be so handy when you got into it yeah well that was something that like because I was so (laughs) I lacked so much confidence in in myself I still do I think everybody within the music industry does to a certain extent but I uh and most creative industries but I um I just didn't want to put all my eggs into the like performance basket um (laughs) per se and so i just basically thought that i I will pursue this but if it doesn't happen for whatever reason i want to be able to be able to like be in music doing something else and so i like actively sought out a a course that, that would provide that and so then i mean i really pressed go my dad well my dad and my stepmom were so great because they would like drive me to I played like an open mic every night for like basically a year in Oxford and uh just because I was I didn't want my first gig to be you know my first gig and so I just played and fortunately in Oxford there are so many open mic nights that it was possible um but yeah so I was I was doing that the like real life stuff as well as the online stuff and fortunately one of the tutors who's now a very dear friend joe porter he um he had like a home studio and i supported his band one night at one of these open mics and uh and he was like i really enjoyed that would you like to produce an ep whoa i was like yes please and so we spent like four days in his home studio and we just made this ep independently released it and then Two weeks later, I was signed. Four years ago today, I was signed. Fucking hell. Yeah. Well, Four years, seven years. Sorry, seven years. <laughs> seven years. Seven ago. years, yeah. I'm imagining that's been one fucking up and down ride. Yeah. You still with the same label? No, though? no. Okay. No, so that was with Warner Brothers. Right. And um, that stopped in 2000 and very late, 2014. Wait, because I feel like... When me and Dan saw you at Barn on the Farm, mm. your A and R had just been sacked or something. Yeah, well, that's or yeah. Was, oh no, 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 it was the day Barn your the album farm. came out, or something like that. There was something going on where you definitely right. l- looked as if you were very unsettled. Yeah, so Barn on the Farm was a night before the album came out. Right, we were the like secret act, oh, yeah. and I feel like so many people are like. <laughs> it's not Eminem yeah, exactly. or Queen, you know, which it was funny, but it was good fun. And um, that was the night before the album came out. And yeah, like I think November, so that was July. In the November, my A&R kind of, I don't, it's up in the air. Basically Warner bought Parlophone and there was this two lots of staff with one company, basically. Um, and I don't know if he left or got, Okay, I, right. I have no idea. He's a lovely guy. Um you know, and I, I certainly don't blame him for it. But it was like, yeah, what was that? Eight months before the album came out, we had no A and R. So Matt, they kind of gave us another A and R, but it's difficult because you know he didn't sign it, so he's not really into it as much as yeah. our first A and R was. So Matt and I basically kind of A and R'd the album, which was tough. It was a, certainly a new experience, <laughs> and I, I feel like that was kind of our downfall within within the warner brother company because it just didn't have a champion in in the office like yeah, oh you really listen need to that, this yeah you? yeah definitely so yeah that that ended like late 2014 um and now i'm with cooking vinyl which is like yeah they super seem to, cool like, yeah just so fucking cool you can tell just yeah. from what they do and who they are that they're amazing yeah so that's great you know i it's basically having that power of 
a label behind you, but they're just like, do what Giving you want. Giving you the control. You know, yeah, which is, you know. <laughs> and you said briefly about your dad and your stepmom being mm. really supportive. I've met your dad a couple of times and yeah. he is an actual legend online, I think. Yeah, and he is. At every gig. Papa Watson, yeah. I'm guessing you've always had a really amazing relationship with him. Uh, do you know what? No. No? No. Uh, for as long as I can remember, you know, and it, I don't, it was never a fault of his. It was just, I'm, I'm the youngest of three. Are you? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. So I have an older brother and older sister and, uh, and I was kind of just always a mama's boy basically. Um, and like my brother would play football on Saturday and I'd play football on Sunday, whatever it was. And my mom would always take me and my dad would always take my brother. Okay. It wasn't like we didn't have a bad relationship, but we were nowhere near as close as, as we are now. Um, certainly for the last like 10 years, we've been really, really close, maybe even just a bit, a bit longer than that. Um, but yeah, it was never a bad relationship, but yeah. And uh, you know, I'm still very close with my mom and, and the whole family like structure I have around me is, is amazing. They're all so supportive. And I I can't imagine what, you know, hearing your youngest son say, Oh, I want to be a musician. (laughs) I can't imagine it's, it's very easy to, to support that you know through through thick and thin but they did everybody did and I think it seriously would have taken one person in my family to be like get a real job you know or like really? come on this is fairy what, tale it's not gonna happen for me to be like Do you know what? yeah fair enough wow but they all were full so honestly in. that's so in. cool isn't which it? is just I I'm so fortunate to, to full stop you know regard if the music didn't take off regardless just to have that like structure around me I'm, I'm very fortunate very grateful for that yeah yeah definitely and so did you have like quite an idyllic childhood when how mm. long were your mum and dad together and then not if you so don't they know? they divorced when I was 11 okay yeah um, was that a pretty rough time if you remember it or? yeah that was that was pretty tough because I think I was I was old enough to to understand just old enough to like really understand it yeah and I feel like it may have been easier if it was a few years before, you know, or, or even a few years after where I just kind of, you get to that point where you're like, oh, whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, that was pretty tough um, for a multitude of reasons, but um, it's worked out for the best. They're both remarried and both, you know, happy again, which is... Yeah, and that's the, all you really want for your parents, isn't absolutely. it? Just to see them actually happy. Yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> my um, mum my and dad broke up my memory is so so bad ask any of my friends or family I don't remember anything and so I I don't even know I couldn't even tell you what age I was I don't think mm. but um, I think it happened like a couple times I think he cheated I think I know he cheated on mum a couple times mm. um, and I don't really remember it affecting me at all really? yeah it's kind of strange and I think back I was just so focused on wanting mum to be happy because mm. she was so sad but their actual breakup and him moving out and stuff, I just don't remember that affecting me. And right. that really makes me question what the hell I was thinking or doing at that time in my life. Because that's something that should affect a yeah. kid. But yeah. uh, I remember it just only being focused on mum and if she was happy. And mm. I wonder if it was similar for you or whether it was a you know the classic torn apart. I just want them both to be happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, it certainly was for a period, but then you kind of understand that they're, they're doing this for a reason, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's difficult, and actually, you know, I don't know the statistic, but I know that a very high amount of people yeah. that get married end up being divorced. So it's not yeah. like a, a, a you know unique thing that it's you know, not at all. So I I don't know. I think I I I handled it fairly. I know. I mean, I know that for like year year eight or year nine in school I was just awful because really? yeah which what behavior wise or yeah just... well I mean I was I was like tops at everything in school and and so I think it was it was more uh shocking for my teachers to just for me to suddenly be like I just don't care like I just really don't care wow. anymore um and it was it was all all stemmed from the divorce I think because I was just like well, if the one like secure thing in my yeah. life is, then what's the point, you know? And yeah. I, I know, and I, I do feel bad about it. But like for two years, I was just a twat. I really, really I was, especially in school. I was just awful, you know, because my dad didn't care. I didn't care, and I think that that has helped me, 
you know, kind of, I think I matured very shortly after that. I just matured and became a young adult, I guess. And I just kind of learned that that's the incorrect way to handle anything. And so now I'm very rarely get angry or sad at, at anything because it's just not kind of worth my energy. Well, that's a lie. I think it is worth your energy to be sad every now and then. Um, because you can't have the highs without the lows, I don't think. But um, it's particularly like anger, I just kind of never really give it the time yeah, of day. I can't imagine you being angry at yeah. all. Do I you remember know. there being like a tipping point? Because to go from being, like you say, like a twat to mm. suddenly maturing and being like, there's no point doing that. How does one mature that quickly? I don't know. I think I remember I was in French... Uh, with Miss Miles. And, uh, <laughs> I love knowing all your teachers and subjects. <laughs> um, and I had like carved my name into like, um, I didn't quite know what it was. It was it was like one of the boards that they hung like notices on or whatever. Okay. I like carved my name into it because I'm so edgy. <laughs> and, um, and she pulled me aside and she was like, look, what's wrong? You know, something's obviously wrong here because you haven't acted like this. And I know you don't, nobody wants to come to double French after lunch. You know, I understand that, but what's wrong, you know, because this is, this isn't on, this isn't right. You can't do this. And I remember after that, I was just like, yeah, she's got a point, you know, because I just got away with it because I was top, you know, because I was applying myself in the lesson. I wasn't doing any homework or, or whatever. I was awful at doing homework, but I was like applying myself in lessons and I wasn't, it wasn't. I wasn't failing because of it. It was just, I was just being a bit of a knob. And so she was like, look, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm your teacher. And like, it's fine if you're upset, we could talk about it, but you just can't be a knob. Wow. And so I think at that point I was like, you're completely right. You know? And I just kind of bucked my ideas up and I was a cheeky school lad. I think everybody was, but I was like, I was never, I never pushed, pushed it past the line. then. I don't think. And I don't know if it was that conversation in particular, yeah, but I think... but that sticks out. Yeah, it just kind of, the stars aligned and, and a few things happened where I was just like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. And also, I do actually remember, I, so in our school, you get put on, like, report, if you're, like, a repeat offender of being bad. <laughs> and, like, you hand in your report card at the start of the lesson, and then at the end, the teacher will be like, he was good, or something, right. and sign it. And I remember, like, you have to get your parents to sign it. And I remember giving it to my mum and she was so upset. And and I was just like, that's not, like, I... This is she, not how I want to make it. Exactly. Feel. I want to do the opposite of this. And so I think that was maybe the tipping point, thinking about it. I'd forgotten about that. But, like, thinking about it, I think that was, like, the moment where I was like... This needs to end. You can let it affect you, but don't let it affecting you affect your mum. You yeah, know, that's, that's just so incorrect. True. So, yeah, I think maybe that was the tipping point. Yeah, but not Miss Miles. But shout out Miss Miles, Miles yeah. <laughs> She'll obviously be listening. <laughs> of course, she's an avid listener. <laughs> Kate McGill patron. Uh, okay, that's too far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pick another number. So what was that, four? Let's go seven. Okay, why well, are you staying low? Oh, this is a fucking good one. But maybe yes. we've already just covered it. All right, okay. What was the most traumatic part of your childhood? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, these are we die deeper questions, Lewis. I, I This is actually my favourite question to ask anyone in the world, so thanks for picking it. You're welcome. Um, oh, it's pretty tough to talk about, honestly. Um, basically, there was somebody that, like, floated into, uh, like lives for a short amount of time um family no no in your friendship group no he was uh he like my mum basically my mum went out with him for a little bit right okay he's a psycho okay awful awful human and uh uh basically uh god i haven't really told anybody about this oh man okay we don't have to talk about it okay yeah we dive deeper um, basically tried to like kill himself in front of me and uh, I was like super young I was like 13 maybe oh my god and uh, and like that was really really bad fucking um, hell like really awful but uh, he's I don't know we kind of after that obviously after that point you know he was kind of kicked to the curb and how yeah, how did that person. like manifest i'm guessing he was a difficult person anyway it didn't just happen out of yeah. the blue no no he was uh 
he was like seriously awful and how long was your mum with him oh i can't remember no, so a couple of years a couple maybe. years yeah right, so it was... but it, it was one of the i think it's typical amongst you know psychopaths to like uh to have that front of being like you know oh i'm absolutely fine and you know whatever yeah um that's huge for a 13 year old yeah and yeah i mean again i just remember feeling so bad for my mum because you know she just come out of a marriage and it's just pretty awful awful position that's why i ended up moving in with my dad just because it's like unsafe yeah that makes so much Um, sense how did that affect you going like forward? Uh, did that fuck you up? Do you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think I handled it really well. Yeah. Um, I don't know how someone should handle that. I don't <laughs> no. know, but like my mum, she, she like kind of went to, started going to a bit of therapy and, and like I was then attached to that and we did like, um, I don't know, we went to this like, I guess it's like a children's teenager's therapy and we went on trips to places and right. I only did I actually only did it once but uh I remember there was this time we were in a field somewhere I, I can't quite remember but um there were like eight kids there a lot of them younger than me and there was one guy that was my age or a bit older than me I can't remember and like we they started sharing stories and I just remember being like this is so awful you know they were like I don't know, kids that six or seven years old that their mum would just go into the bathroom and like knock her head against the sink oh and stuff. God. And it's just like hearing that, I, I just said like, I I, I shouldn't be here. These yeah. these people's problems are so much bigger than, than mine. Um, and I remember just being like, I don't, I don't feel like the therapist's energy or, or whatever or time should be wasted on me. It should be, helping these people you know and I think that that helped me deal with it to a certain extent like perspective yeah because you know obviously it's a very awful thing and I try not to think about it very often but I think like it was one moment in in my life that was like really bad whereas these people like live through it you know their whole childhood was like it's amazing though that even at that age you were able to see things I mean like Regardless, that is like we just said. That is definitely traumatic. I'm mm. sure will have affected you. If you can't, if you, if you don't want to ever think about it or talk about it, then that has an effect on you clearly. But um, amazing that even at that age, you're like, damn, this is so much bigger than me, though. Like, and yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I really put you know pushed it way back there. Yeah, and didn't but really I appreciate you it, sharing but... that. It's okay. And how how is your mum after that? Did it take her a few kind of years to just get back to being? Yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't noticeable. You know, she's a trooper, my mum, and yeah, and you know, I, I'm sure that it would have affected her to to a certain extent. Um, you know, absolutely, I'm positive that it did, but she she never let it affect. You know, how she she would be a mother. You know, yeah, which course. I think is is really key and like I said she's remarried and so happy and Terry my my stepdad you know treats her well and they're they're both in love which is just great you know that's like you know obviously divorce is is a bitch but the fact that it's done for both parties to be like happy is uh incredible it makes sense you know absolutely it's such a cliche but I have definitely learned even the past few months out of the really, really shitty stuff always mm. comes better mm-hmm. stuff. And I was talking to my friend about this yesterday. I was leaving her WhatsApp voice note. And um, and I was sat there thinking, if mum dying and Josh breaking up with me and, I don't know, my career being in question, all this kind of stuff happening, mm. and yet I feel like kind of the happiest I've ever been yeah. and I'm working on this and I get to have conversations like this with people. And I feel so happy that I'm like man maybe I should invite or not invite but I'm not going to be as scared as yeah I was before about the really crappy stuff because yeah. it always gets like really better after yeah and it's always preparing you for something better and it's hard to look back at stuff like that traumatic mm. and be like oh that was meant to happen but I yeah. think in some way shape or form that will have formed who you are now and yeah kind absolutely of was meant to happen in some way yeah I mean I I'm a strong believer in the fact that 
you know life ebbs and it flows and and i think that you you can't have the we're talking about it out there you can't have the highs without the lows and and i think that it is important to to not live your life on just 50 percent okay you know i think that that would just be boring it would yeah, just be really awful would be. and and uh yeah you know I'm, lots of people have had really really bad bad moments bad things happen to them but i think that it does as you say help like forge us into who we are and i think that's important yeah i think and you said earlier that you're not a very confident person but i no. i struggle to i'm not struggle i think you're like amazing if you talk to all of any friends in mm. our little kind of musical circle i say oh i'm completely irrelevant now but <laughs> everyone says you are the kindest man in the music oh, industry man. they've ever met and i believe that's fact like you're that's very kind. i just think you're amazing and you should never feel unconfident but what do you feel unconfident about what could you feel unconfident about um well thank you first of all that's very <laughs> kind uh extremely kind um i don't know i think that most creative things are fairly difficult to to like say how to like put a a, a great you know grade on a song or a book or a poem or whatever it is because everything's just so subjective mm. and and i think that I work on, like, I love golf because it's just so blunt. It's so cutthroat. If you didn't play well, you didn't play well. And it's proof in the score, you know. And I think that without having that solid, well, not even solid, without having that, like, concrete feedback, I think it's it's impossible to to be like, that was good. You okay. know? I can say that I love it and that I'm I'm happy with it. But, you know, I'm sure someone was happy with one pound fish you know that right. song and is that a good song i mean <laughs> it's debatable and yeah. i would probably debatable. nice Thanks. very good damn it i wish i <laughs> thought about that um you know but i think that passion does not equal uh like something being good yeah you know, i think someone could be confidently wrong or yeah. passionately wrong absolutely you know so i i don't know i think it's just difficult without having that um like concrete, concrete yeah, yeah like this was good you know <laughs> so is that more kind of a lack of confidence than just creatively not just who you are as a person uh yeah i think i think it it stems from um like my personality as well just because I'm like I'm really bad at meeting new people, and I always have been. It's just something I've come to accept as being, you know, that that's how it is now. Um, but it's just because I don't know. I I I just I'm just terrified of being the guy that people come away from a party or whatever and be like, oh my god, you know, what was wrong with that guy? Really? You know. So I just like I just stay out of it and yeah. Where do you a, think that comes from? I've, have I have you no always idea. Been that yeah, I I have. I think I've never been like extremely outgoing. My brother was always the outgoing one. Really, you know, there's always uh, one in the sibling group, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, he's the like Joey in our friends. Um, you know, yeah. collection of personalities. Um, as intelligent as Joey as well. So it, you know, it's not all good. It's not all good, Tom. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love you to bits. Um, but. Yeah, my brother kind of always had that. And I think, like, by proxy then, you know, when I came into school, because Tom was so popular, I was always Little Watson and everybody would look out for me. And so I was kind of given, like, right. a fairly free ride in school, I guess. And um, and so I think that, that that helped me, but it didn't make me any more confident because it was just on, like, easy mode, I guess. Because people know, knew who I was because of my brother, you know. Okay. So I think that maybe meant that I didn't try and overcome that like lack of confidence maybe yeah. maybe I just put that skill to the side because it was working you know yeah um but yeah I don't know M music's just a weird one it is know? I mean I guess if you if that was kind of always in you that like never really putting yourself out there mm -hmm. how did you like knowing that you wanted to do music and commit mm -hmm. to that and how fucking brutal it all is but also how much you have to put yourself out there how did you 
get there in your brain like I, someone who's maybe scared of social situations to be like I'm going to be on stage then I don't know I think that there was always that disconnect because like with the whole internet stuff it was so anonymous you know True, yeah. and and I never like my my I never put songs on YouTube to be heard. They were for me because I was in between my mum and dad's and I wanted to be able to like, I just picked up the guitar and I wanted to be able to watch last week's video and be like, am I any better than that? And, um, and like I almost, as soon as people started watching, I almost deleted, you know, everything because I was just so scared. I didn't do it for that. Wow. Um, and so I think what helped me deal with that was the fact that it was just so anonymous and like, it took me years to do a first my first gig it was my stepmom like basically forced me to do an open mic in oxford um well i mean i'm sure i could have said no but she like <laughs> set it up and you know and it happened it was to 52 people wow that's and, quite uh, big for a yeah it was like it was like a an arts festival i okay. guess brazenose college in in oxford um and like i remember just being so terrified and as soon as i did it i was just like i need to do this forever wow and it was it was just that because i'm i'm i basically shut my eyes whenever i perform i'm extremely self indulgent because I, if i open it i'm like yeah this is too much there's 400 people in yeovil singing my lyrics back to me (laughs) that that would be enough for me to be like oh my god i need to leave well not so much but like i'll forget the lyrics yeah 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 so i like always and i remember warner brothers were never happy they were like had me see like performance coaches and stuff because like you you need to open your eyes you need to and i was just like the fact that i'm closing my eyes the only reason that i can like do it pluck up the courage to do it and i've i've become much better i've dealt with that much better recently you know and 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 actually it's only been very recent that i've been able to like listen to my music and be like do you know what this is i'm i'm happy with this you know because i never i never enjoyed listening to my voice like ever and and it's only like i said it's only been very recently that i've I've like sometimes actively thought I'd like to hear myself sing that, you know, which I think is a massive step. I never thought I'd be able to like seriously believe that. So like that for me was a big, um, I don't know, confidence boost. Yeah. So do you think now having done music for what the last seven years that Mm. your confidence has been boosted or do you think a lot of the time (laughs) it just gets worse? Um, Yeah, that's a tricky one. I don't know. I've just I've I've just learned the hard way that you can't please everybody and I no, think that cannot. that is like such a valuable lesson to learn. Um and am I okay with that? I mean, do I understand that? Yes. Am I okay with that? You know, probably somewhere deep in my brain I, I would like everybody to enjoy what I do, but it's it's just not the case and it, and it won't happen. I think that I don't know if that's made me any more confident, but I think it's just grasping that idea that people aren't going to like everything you do. You know, I, I have favorite bands, favorite artists that sometimes I'm like, well, I'm not really into this, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And I just understand that nothing is, is ever like 100%, you know, rare, very rarely 100%. And I just have to kind of, know that when when i'm releasing something or whenever when i'm writing something yeah i guess it's a fucking weird one as we were discussing earlier the music industry is a a head fuck yeah and i um i don't enjoy it i don't enjoy it joy it's it's taken i've certainly been through that the ringer yeah and and through that like mindset of i just want out you know but I, i i like i said out there I'm I'm feeling really good about this kind of next step and I might you know might go up in flames and <laughs> whatever but right now I'm okay yeah you know? and, and I, I am really looking forward to to like yeah making the next step I guess yeah man I can't wait for you thank you and I know you, you said that you did, um, there was one year, was it 2017, Sorry. where you 2017. did like 150 gigs, gigs in a yeah. year. Was that, would you say one of those moments was probably the lowest moment of yeah, your musical? Uh, 100%. Yeah. 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 I was like... What made you do that many gigs? Well, it's just the way it worked out. Like, right. The main thing for me was that I did like three, 
maybe half two thirds of it like alone i i i was in america without anybody you know and i was i was like traveling with merch suitcase guitar oh my god fuck you know. that that sounds like my worst nightmare i know it was yeah it was just it was seriously seriously horrible and i remember that last night like being in the hotel and i was in louisiana i think and i was just like bawling my i ordered uber uber eats um and they sent me the wrong thing and that was um, the trigger it was still tasty though okay, it was still tasty good. no i was crying long before that and uh i remembered like i looked up my itinerary because but i was 24 at the time and so i couldn't really rent a car in in the states you have to be 25 unless you pay like a big premium and so like i was flying most days and i'm pretty awful flyer i really don't enjoy flying and i don't know like two out of five days i was taking two flights you know just because they there wasn't a direct flight from you know wherever it is um and so my like ritual was after doing the gig and i'd sell all of my merch as well after doing all that i'd get back to the hotel like 1 a.m 2 a.m and like look at the itinerary set an alarm get ready to you know book an uber if it was it was usually like a 5 a.m lobby call or whatever and i remember just getting into the hotel looking at the itinerary like okay what do i do tomorrow and matt my manager put like fly home like you're done rest and i I was just like i just got shivers well i was seriously like I had to say the the room had two beds and one of the beds was like the crying bed. I like <laughs> used that bed exclusively just to bore my eyes oh my out God. and then slept in the other one because, um, <laughs> you know, it's more comfortable that way. But uh, yeah, I just, and it was, a, it was a happy cry really. Um, the relief. Of but just it was the... just, yeah, like I'm done. And I, I think any, any industry, any hobby that that is your reaction to finishing something like you really have to, take a hard look at it and be like look, is this sustainable and so from that point i kind of vowed never to to do it that way again it was all seriously i do not do that don't do that <laughs> i like i i really don't like my own company at the best of times but that was just like painful i was going to like full rooms in baltimore or whatever you know and then going to the dressing room just being empty and being like i oh just my God. want I... a hug you know yeah. I just want to, someone say good work or whatever I, it's horrible. I can't even believe horrible. you did it, to be honest. Like, I yeah. <clears throat> I struggle having Dan and, like, Ant, who kind of tour managers, mm. and there's three of us, and there's always chats, and we're always doing all the gear together. Yeah. And I struggle with that, like, let alone doing 150 of those by myself. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't do it. I would have pulled out. I don't know how you made it to the end. Yeah. Well, I mean... Not all 150 were solo. Right. A lot of, you know, we did like the UK and the Europe and the Australia. That was all with the band. And that How was great. How long was the American? Spent? Well, I spent like four months in America. Oh yeah. God. Broken, you know, I went, I went four, well, yeah, four times. Jesus. Yeah. And all, well, what actually has a lie. One of them, Matt came, my manager okay. came. Yeah. And earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, but the other three were, yeah. Solo. How did that um, affect you and Big Self? Shout out to Big So. Shout out to Big So. Um, <laughs> it didn't at all. She's Amazing. she's wonderful. She's fucking wonderful. Oh. And I'm so lucky. Because she, she just like, she just understands. That's she's fucking like, amazing. It's something you have to do and, and I'll support you, you know, from home. And I wish I could take her on all of it, you know. And I hope she knows that. She she came on the like mainland Europe. She did merch on the mainland Europe. Amazing. Tour with, with the whole band. It was just great just to have like, because I, you know, my band, my band, the band that play with me are like my family on the road, you know, and we just have a great time. We get on so well and, you know, it really is, there's, I can't complain about that at all. Um, but to have like Sove there as well, was just wonderful, you know, just to, just to be, I don't know, present with not being like, Oh, we we'll just arrived in Hamburg. I miss you. You know, yeah. different time zones are a killer as oh, well. God, yeah. And I think that's something with the America thing that kind of made it a bit easier, almost because it was like we just had like two or three hours in a day when we could chat, and so it wasn't. I don't know. Like, I didn't feel bad if I couldn't message if I was doing yeah. merch, right? You know, because she was asleep or she was at work, and and that was something that like 
think maybe made it just a bit easier but yeah. yeah no she's she's wonderful and she's she's never been anything but you know 100% supportive again she fits in that like family supportive family yeah. well, I hear bracket it. 100% yeah 100% and how long have you been together then? uh it's seven and a half years now fuck me yeah. what is the secret Lewis uh honesty yeah cook good food <laughs> uh tell tell each other that you love each other a lot and buy a pet buy a pet oh yeah i just saw yeah. your cat with the lamp with the cone with he's the fine now yeah is he all right now yeah they cut his knob off well they castrated him i'm sure oh. they don't actually cut the knob off in fact i know because i saw it it's horrible <laughs> it's like a red oh. crayon right you ready for sorry yes oh my god don't ever apologize to me ever again <sighs> okay <laughs> starting from now um pick a number sorry if you can hear my ice clinking by the way it kind of sounds sweet. a good time, yeah. Uh, another number. Let's do 47. Okay, 47, 47. Four and seven are my lucky numbers. You are going to heaven. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to live more in your body or more in your head? Oh, boy. I feel like I, I live plenty in my head. So let's say body. I mean, I feel like that's actually a shit question and I'm going to remove it okay. from my 70. Okay, okay. So that's not 69. a good one, is it? Okay, let's go to 69. What do you want people to feel when they're around you? Mm. Uh, comfortable, I think. I feel like I have my closest connections to people where I just, I don't feel like I need to make an effort or, or whatever. You know, I just just to be present you know is enough sorry i keep knocking the table um so yeah i think i'd like them to to just yeah feel comfortable i guess yeah isn't that the best feeling mm. i if i'm like with someone and i'm like on my phone or i'm thinking just in my own head and i can be with someone doing mm. that i value that so much yeah. just such a weird thing cuz you can be on your phone and think with anyone but to do that and be fully okay with it mm-hmm. and not be like on guard for like oh i need to make conversation or i need to make sure that this is going well like because mm. i'm crazy people pleaser right if i can be fully relaxed and just on my phone or in my head mm. i value that kind of friendships yeah. so much but they're kind of hard to come they're by. few and far between yeah eh? yeah definitely i think that is important to have to be able to have like to be okay with the silence i think comfortable silence are you okay with silences because i'm they freak uh, me out do i used to, i really used to hate them I don't know why. I don't. I certainly don't know why I'm okay with them now. But I, I think it says a lot if you, like you just said, if you could be silent with somebody. I think that does say a lot. Yeah. Um. Definitely. There are certain times where I'm like, mm, what do I talk about now? <laughs> yeah. I think um, I always get that at like the merch desk after shows because, yeah. mm. like I was saying in the last podcast, there's that immediate whether you want it to be there or not. There's that immediate power shift. They mm. have come to see you. Mm in that moment all you want it to be is like oh we're just like in a spoons chatting but it's not that yeah they see you as something even just for that next 10 minutes mm. and that immediately i'm so on edge because i'm like crap i need to make all the conversation i, I, need, I need to, to impress yeah, yeah and i need to like smile constantly and i'm like i'm kate mcgill on like speed like i'm like ah. <laughs> great band name <laughs> yeah kate really mcgill on speed name. um but <laughs> But it's those yeah. times I'm like, I really hope people, like, it, I I get scared that if I was just normal me and, I don't know, I didn't make conversation really quickly or mm. say, I don't know, like, I, I would like to think that if I was just normal that I would still be liked. But that those kind of events, I'm like, if I'm not fucking 150%, yeah. these people are going to hate me. Yeah. Do you feel the same? Yeah. You, to be fair, you seem like a very just chilled person, go with the flow yeah, I like I I do I completely understand what you're saying with like people have come to see you, they've stayed behind the show to see you, you know. And I think that that you I mean I I know that it used to terrify me, but now it kind of puts me at ease, I guess, because yeah. it's I don't know, I just like I feel like I could be a bit of a dork and like it's fine, you know, dork. I've never said the word dork <laughs> in my life. Well, you have now. Um sorry. Um <laughs> oh I wasn't meant to say that um yeah so I think that like that makes me feel most comfortable I think when I'm when I'm like I just I can you know 
I, I don't know. In my head, I can say whatever, and they were like, oh, haha, even if it was an awful joke or okay, like, that makes didn't make sense, they, they would still humor me. Because you're Lewis Watson. Well, yeah, I've never, yeah. <laughs> I've never said that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, just because, I don't know. I don't know. But I also have like, I've almost got like a script in those situations as well where, it, you know, it's like, thank you so much for coming and did you have a good night and, you know, will I see you next time kind of thing. And I think that that was a, a decision that I made very early on subconsciously just to have like, just so that if it was silent, I, I would have something to say. And now I've learned that, that you don't really ever need to pull f- from that script, I guess, because yeah. did you have a good night? Oh, you know, I really like this song or... It was freezing cold all day, and I, you know, met my friends with coffee, and it was not. And I feel like the 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 conversation kind of organically blossoms from that point. But yeah. I think it's just important to have that kind of plan B, plan C mm. um, in those situations. Uh, but also, I'm also like like full to the brim with Ooh, like being, reference there. being grateful, <laughs> you know, that someone is has paid. 10 quid or 15 quid to come and see me sing songs about my ex-girlfriend you know that that instantly then puts me in like a position of like they have the power and thank you so much I'm I'm ever so grateful and if you're spending 20 pound on a t-shirt or whatever you know thank you you're basically paying for my hotel tonight thank you and that's something that like I don't know that also makes me feel quite comfortable I think do you have like a life motto or like something you live by like are you spiritual in any way are you no 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 just... i cool you know <laughs> I, I i think the main thing is is and uh, you know it was kind of a meme a little while ago for me because i just said it all the time but i think being yourself is like key and it's something that i have always done you know through through good and bad um but at the end of the day, if, if I did something and it was a bad decision, but I was all in and it was something that I would do or that I believed in, then I'm absolutely okay with that failing. I think if if I was to succeed, you know, with a facade or a fabrication of something, that would, I would never live, you know, that wouldn't sit right with me, I don't think. Because I think there was an opportunity for me to like really be, much more successful than I think I'm destined to be if I just kind of played the game and um you know we released a couple of songs that I despise and uh (laughs) but it just worked it worked like the radio liked it and like I think that if if I just threw integrity out the wall out of the wall out of the window (laughs) um is a window part of a wall no okay thanks um (laughs) (laughs) out the window uh, you know, maybe I could have been, you know, much more than I am or that I will be, but I know that I, I wouldn't enjoy that, you know. You've gone all in as you and that's enough. Yeah, and I think that maybe one day I'll regret that. Maybe, you know, I'll have to go and work in the stockroom at Polar Athlon again in Vista Village and, and I'll regret that maybe, but right now i'm i'm so glad that i'm not playing songs that i hate to people that don't really understand you know i don't know i think you are 1000 percent making the right decision thank you thank Without you a doubt. okay so we're gonna go on to some instagram questions okie dokie um, oh so are those like the same questions every every time one to 70 yeah nine. right and then okay. obviously people just pick different right, numbers okay mm. and um if you haven't followed us on Instagram, obviously do at We Dive Deeper. At and if we you haven't followed deeper. Lewis, how do you do? You just say Levis. Levis, people... yeah. Okay. I'm just dying for a nickname. Please dying. give me a nickname. That's why I've called you K Mac for like. Oh yeah. Do you know what someone else nowhere. calls me Katie Mac? Damn it. You're not the only one, but you were the first one. Yes. Okay, so I did see a couple of these before. I'll ask you. Let's maybe do some quick fire. Okay. Mayo with pizza. Yeah, that's what I used to do, yeah. Maybe that's why they right. missed it. Yeah. yeah, all the time. And now I'm, we eat plant-based now, we're vegan, so we do vegan mayo with vegan pizza, but 100%. There is no better, don't even try and convince me there's another, like, better, you're wrong. <laughs> you are just without a pizza doubt Pizza and mayo. I mean, I think you're wrong. Well, that's but a throwback. We can, really? Yeah. Do you not like mayo? 
I like mayo, but on my pizza, are and you do mad? do you like pizza? I love pizza. Then why wouldn't you like the combination, you know? Because the combination is not nice. Have you tried it? No. Yeah, I mean, he's got me there, folks. <laughs> um, best part about living in London? Oh, wow. Do you know what? I, I was terrified to move out. Yeah. Um, London's such a, like, busy place, and you can get that, like, city headache that I think isn't very good and I liked being able to leave you know and go back to Oxford with a clear head and be surrounded by green and you know I I liked that but now we live in London I like I don't think I could ever not live in London really I, I love it I love being able to like there's something on every night you know and again being vegan there are so many options yeah. You know, ev- almost every place you are catered for and the shops as well, like the supermarkets, like Sainsbury's nearest or the Aldi nearest, they just have like so much more selection, Okay, you know, because the world food section is huge in Sainsbury's, it's such like a, um, you know, cult- cultural like hot pot in, in London that, you know, you can buy jerk chicken seasoning from every corner shop or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I love that. I've always been like all, all for that kind of harmony for, you know, with lots of different, um, people. And I, I think that like London is, is, is a great example of that just being working, you know, and just, yeah. and just doing. So I, I like that. I like, I do, I do like being at home and I like, not having to have like a two and a half hour drive to see my dog or my parents or whatever it may be. Um, but I, I also like the distance from that as right. well as like a whole new independence, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, which, which I enjoy also. So it is, I, like I said, I was terrified, but I, I really, really love it. And you don't get the loneliness that everyone talks about? No, cause I live with Big Soap and we're extremely happy, you know, yeah. so it's like, Sometimes I'll be in the studio for 14 hours and I'll get back and it will just be, you know, a kiss goodnight or whatever. But it's not like, I don't know. I, I, I don't personally see that loneliness because also a lot of my friends live in London as well. Yeah, so. true. And I think if, you know, naturally, if you have a partner anyway in life, yeah, you're uh-huh. less lonely, exactly, just statistically. Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> Which one do I go with? What's your favorite lyric you've ever written? Um, oh, yeah, there's there's a, a song that was on an EP called Songs That We Wrote When We Were Drunk. I wrote it in L.A. And basically in the chorus, I say maybe anti-clockwise is the only antidote. And I Whoa. remember when I wrote it, I was like, <laughs> you know, I was so proud. That is so a fucking proud. cool lyric. Um, I'm going to give you that. Thank you. I, yeah, I really, really... I, I went through my whole like discography recently when when coming up with ideas for album three, and I and I like completely forgot about that song. And the vocal is awful, and like, <laughs> it's really, really bad. you can't sing an awful vocal though. Oh, one hundred percent. Listen to all of my first album, and <laughs> it is horrible. I can't stand it. Okay. Um, but I remember listening to that lyric and just being like. Oh, that's really good (laughs) (laughs) what about favorite lyric of all time in general because i can never get over in oh my god damn it i've forgotten who sings it now you know the mm, but basically the lyric is i had all and then most of you some and now none of you Mm. and i just I'll never get over how yeah, nice. in just one sentence they can perfectly go from, 100% to zero, go yeah. from like a happy relationship to that. It just yeah. amazes me. Yeah, God, I don't know. I mean, lyrics for me are like really important. Like I, I can I can sit through a great lyric sung with an awful melody, but I can't sit through like a shit lyric sung through a wonderful melody. Right. That like grinds my gears. Seriously. <laughs> I just... I. And I know that it was like, there was certainly a a trend like in the 60s of just making really good melodies and singing nonsense over it. Like Beatles did it a lot, which is like, that's fine. I understand that, you know, because it was a very experimental time. But 
I just think there's no excuse nowadays to like. I put know Bon Iver just sings, sings so much shit. Yeah, but that I think that's more like poetic. Like I'm, I'm really everything in my heart wants to believe that. Mm. But when you, I mean, some of it, you're just like, what does that even mean, Justin? But I, I seriously think that if you sat down with him and he'd asked be him, able he'd to be like, like, oh, well, this means that because I. I I was the same. Like initially, I was like, "This is just nonsense," you know. <laughs> but there are like, um, there are some moments where you're like, "That is so oddly specific that everything must mean something." I really hope so. I, I, and I might be like barking completely the wrong tree. Who knows? But like, I, I truly believe, and it also seems quite a kind of uh, cryptic guy. So mm. I think that maybe he, he could have done that on, you know. Yeah kind of consciously I read um, a blog once and I don't think I'd ever be able to find it again but it was a blog post by someone a roommate of Justin Vernon right and it was (laughs) it's really savage but each blog post was basically about how insane he was to fucking live with Um, and it was more funny than anything but when you read those blog posts and then you listen to the songs you're like maybe he's actually just a just nightmare a nutter, yeah. but in in like the best way those are the kind of people you want to be fucking nightmares yeah because it's justin vernon you're allowed yeah. to be yeah i think that yeah you kind <laughs> of have like a a threshold of um you know you could get away with that because it's him yeah i don't know that's you know it's really difficult i'm i'm like perplexed by that question and also as well like just a side note if you're best mates with Kanye West, you're not going to be the most fucking straight yeah. down the line guy, right? Because Kanye West's a nutter. Yeah, he likes to challenge a lot of things, doesn't he? Did he Did he listen to the Lil Dicky song today? The new. Oh Lil my god, Dickie no! Did, he did. What was it again? Like Ariana Grande and. It's a zebra. Justin Bieber is like a baboon. It's very. <laughs> it's very cool. It's like so many features. Okay. Um, but there's one point where. <laughs> Kevin Hart walks of in course. and goes, I'm Kanye West. And like, that's at the point I was like, there's no way Kanye West has like said that. But then I'm like, actually, that is something that he yeah, might that do. That is something he'd say. But yeah, it was Kevin Hart. But anyway, yeah, uh, it's good. Okay. It's good. And all the, like, all of the profit from that song, that project is going to like helping the environment, which is, I think. That a, is fucking incredible. A very, uh, a very good thing to do. Yeah, I can't we... think of a lyric. It's driving me nuts. Okay, well ponder that while i ask you the very last question okay let's find a really good one mm. um there's a classic any new swim clothing drops if you want to just <laughs> do a little plug there um yes it's coming i promise i'm so sorry i uh i like did a complete revamp of everything of how the clothes are made and someone's actually making the fabric for me now so it's it was a massive like leap from just buying blanks online um and it's taken much longer than i'd hoped but hopefully i have so many ideas that as soon as it's done i could just press go and everything will be ready so just bear with me i'm sorry i'm also in the middle of making an album and um other stuff so that i can't really talk about but i'm doing a lot of things and i promise that i'm putting as much thought and effort into it as as i can with whilst remaining sane so it's coming please just give me some time i'm sorry (laughs) you're just fingering some pies it's fine um (laughs) last but definitely not least let's go with this what memories shaped your music most in life um classic ex-girlfriend i imagine yeah that's yeah i think that like Lyrically, yeah, the ex-girlfriend was was a big deal. Um, just because I was just like so, and it's so cliche, but I was so like heartbroken, you know, and uh, and and so it really helped me. Like writing songs was like my therapy at that point because I didn't want. To, I didn't. It was at the time I was living at my dad, so I didn't really have anybody like any mates to talk to. Um, was that in that rough year and a half year yeah, period that yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, so I was just like, I think I just turned to like songwriting and that just really, it was like a great therapy for me. So I think that that is like lyrically a, a real important stage. But I think like my first memory of creating music was in my cousin's bedroom, Harry. Uh, he was, he is an, a very talented guitarist, but he was like the only person in, in 
my family that played an instrument and he picked we're the same age we, we always got on and he like picked up the instrument i don't know when we were like 10 or 11 or something and um and just like he would play and i would sing and i wasn't a singer by any stretch but like you know we just had a load of fun singing like Lincoln Park or, you know, whatever it may have been, some nickelback sprinkled in there. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I judge you. And uh, yeah, so it's just, I don't know, that for me is like a memory where I was like, because we were always raised to love music. You know, everybody in my family loves music. Yeah. And and my dad had this massive record collection that we'd always listen to. And, you know, I think that, I've I've ne- I've never not loved music, but the creation of music restarted when I used to sleep over Harry's, and we would just like cover songs, and we wrote a few songs as well. Our band name was Nano Flip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so beautifully innocent. Oh dear, Nano um, Flip. Is there anything yeah. online that I can? No, look no. At? This is like pre. We did. We had no idea. You okay. know, we like recorded all the gear. It. No idea. Exactly. We recorded it on like a little Tascam like thing. Cute. And, uh, yeah, mate, I might be able to find, I can't remember the song name now, <laughs> but we had like one song that we wrote and, um, fuck, I'm going to message him after this. Yeah, I'm going to message him Message now him and, right now. Um, I've forgotten what the song is called. And word, then whilst maybe? you message him, my last question is, hmm. I, you know, naturally as singer songwriters, I think it's fair to say we go more towards the sad songs. Yeah. Sad songs are easier than the happy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are so happy in like your relationship and life, what do you write about? Do you have the same kind of recurring themes? Uh, yeah, I think that that's I, a big I like, question. I realise for yeah, the end of the podcast, I um I I pick from past experiences right. and try and try and make them up in a different a different way. Okay, because you know? I think that really at the core the sentiment of most of my songs are the same but i'm just i'm i'm just you know kind of dressing them up in a different way or or maybe you know doing it from a different perspective or something yeah. but i think the important thing for me is that it's all like something that i have experienced or that i've witnessed you know close to me and i think that that's something that is quite unique to the singer songwriter like bracket because we you can tell as soon as somebody's making something up, you can tell and yeah. it just lessens the impact and it's, it's just not worth it, you know? And I, and I think that what we're good at is, is being very honest. And I think that that resonates with people. And that's what, for me anyway, that's why I listen to music. I want to, I want to relate and I want to feel like somebody else has been through that very specific situation and, and feel like, you know, it's going to be all right. Yeah. You know? And I think that I also listen to music because I want to go fucking mental or whatever, you know, there's plenty of reasons why I listen to music, but like, especially the singer songwriter stuff, I just, I, I want to feel that like wash over me that like I've been there, you know, and you'll be okay kind yeah of thing. there's nothing better than that feeling of listening to a song that perfectly encapsulates what you're going through yeah and it's like the most overwhelmingly sad and wonderful thing at the yeah. same time my um my friend kina her husband jesse wrote a song called bristol completely right. about my situation wow. so it couldn't have been more specific and the first time i listened to that i was bawling my eyes out but it was also it was so nice too. It wasn't mm. just sadness. I was like, oh my God, he's... Because in this kind of last few months, I haven't really been able to write or really wanted to, to be honest. Yeah. I've just been so like in my head. Mm. It was such a gift for someone to write exactly what I would have wanted yeah. and just landed in my inbox. I was like, oh, fuck me. Like that was that was amazing. So yeah. I think you're really right. Like that's a cool way to think about it. That's really nice. Is that Kina Kina? The Kina Kina. Kina. Wow. The Kina. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah, really very cool. cool. Yeah, and also I think that I mean that's a very like niche situation. Not <laughs> yeah. many people would have uh experienced that. But sometimes it takes like an outside set of eyes to like really pinpoint what you know, maybe you are feeling or mm-hmm. or how you should should or shouldn't deal with something. You know, it's very like you say, to be caught up in your own head and kind of curate the way you think you should be. And I think that having somebody else say, Look, this is this is what is happening or this is how I see it. Yeah. It's sometimes quite refreshing. Yeah, it's amazing. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming down thank to Bristol and for spending me. 17 hours in a car. <laughs> I so appreciate it. Ooh, and we're going to okay. get some vegan food. Bye. Bye. How awesome was that conversation? I loved it so much. Please make sure you go and listen to Lewis on Spotify if you haven't heard him yet. He is an insanely talented individual and I don't know how he was in my house. Also, his clothing line, Swim, is fucking incredible. And as soon as that comes out again, I am getting myself a t-shirt because it's just so good. If you did like this episode, please feel free to share it on any social media that you may have. It really, really helps and it would mean the world to me. And of course, you can support the podcast and me on patreon.com slash Kate McGill. You can also follow us on social media at We Dive Deeper and you can get involved with the conversation on there. I would love to hear from you and what you have to say. And let me know if you liked this episode. Okay, I think you've had enough of me for a little bit. I'm going to let you go for another couple of weeks and I'll see you back here soon. Bye.